This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Jeff Zilgit is an excellent NBA writer, insider reporter for USA Today. He's our friend, friend of the show, joins me now. Greetings, Mr. Zilgit. Hey, Bill. How you doing? I'm trying to remember, did you have the courage? I'm doing great. Did you have the courage in Boston at the finals to go after the full lobster? I did have the courage, Bill. <laughs> You're an American hero. How did you keep that off your suit? Uh, it, well, first of all, let me go back to this point, Bill. The uh, pandemic and the bubble changed my attitude about my uh, appearance. Now, not that I come on kempt, but I no longer wear a suit to games. So I had that working for me. Okay. And then I'll also say, living here in uh, you know the D.C. area and meeting my wife, who is a Maryland native, uh, and doing the crab feast with her family, in the summer times, I know it's not quite the same, uh, but I, I think I've become adept at cracking through and pulling out the, the most delicious of the meat, whether it's crab or lobster. All right. I, next time I, I, I'm in the same town as you, Jeff, whether you want to or not, I'm going to do everything in my power <laughs> to draft you into the service of teaching me how to do that. Because when I open lobster, it just, I just like I, I can't see out of my left eye. I look down, my shirt's covered and stuff. I didn't eat the lobster because I knew what would happen. Jeff Zilgit here on the show. All right, moving on to the actual, uh, the actual basketball. It certainly feels like Utah is in full-on Danny Ainge, tear it down, rebuild, get a whole bunch of assets kind of a mode. Based on what that organization was able to get for Rudy Gobert, what do you think the price will be or what in the range it'll be for, for, for Donovan Mitchell? Well, Bill, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now or whatever, I, you know, time is skewed here during free agency in the, the summertime. Ever since the Gobert trade, Minnesota and Tim Conley really skewed the market, I think, for what's a feasible trade. And it's one reason, Bill, I think it's held up. I may have said this to you recently. It's one reason that Sean Marks of the Brooklyn Nets very well can't go to his ownership, Joe Sy, and say, I'm getting less for Kevin Durant than what Utah got for Rudy Gobert. And now Danny Ainge has set the bar for that. So, Bill, I think it's going to have to be some combination. Are you talking, you know, three first-round draft picks, and we know the Knicks have hoarded them, not quite like the Oklahoma City Thunder has gotten first-round picks, but they have enough to make a deal like that. It doesn't surprise me the Knicks are involved, but I'm talking, Bill, three, four first-round picks plus a couple players. I think that in those couple players, I, I don't know if we're talking Quentin Grimes. I don't know if we're talking R.J. Barrett. Um, I don't know which direction, but Danny Ames certainly sees an avenue to restock with draft picks and, and some younger talent. And that, that's what I'm looking at the bar, Bill. And again, I do think it's made life difficult for Sean Marks and, and Kevin Durant in trying to find a new team. Jeff Zilgit, what do you think a Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett fronted New York Knicks team 
actually does, you know, over the course of the next couple of seasons? What, what, what kind of a team is that? At what level? I, I, well, Bill, let's go back to two seasons ago when the Knicks were the fourth seed um, w- without uh, two of the three that you mentioned, Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. Um, the way I look at the East, though, Bill, is it's really hard to crack that top four or five over the next couple of years. Boston with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and their ages, they're not going anywhere. And now the Malcolm Brogdon deal. They're not going anywhere for the next couple of years. Bill, you and I may have had this conversation in Boston with Milwaukee and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Do we think realistically he's only going to play in one finals in his career? I think he's got another finals appearance in him, at least. You talk about the Miami Heat. Bill, they don't seem to be going anywhere. And don't discount them in the Donovan Mitchell deal. They've had their eyes on Donovan. They if Donovan Mitchell had hit restricted free agency and not signed his extension, I do think the Miami Heat would have made a run at Donovan Mitchell. But it makes sense for him to sign that deal and get paid. And then, so you start to go down the list, Bill. What about Philadelphia? They feel with a a healthy and in-shape James Harden alongside Embiid that they're going to be able to compete. So I, I'm having a hard time, Bill, seeing where the Knicks fit into that. Um, even with Donovan, does it make them a potential contender in the East? I believe it does. Um, but boy, the, the way the East is shaping up, uh, I, I just find it difficult that that's a team that's going to be able to get to the finals. And I'll tell you what, I was going to ask you about, about Zach Levine. I, I like if they're healthy. I mean, that's a Bulls team that had stretches, Jeff Zilgit, when when they were for the most part all together and fully constituted. That was a really good basketball team. What do you, what do you see in Chicago given Levine's decision? Thanks for reminding me about that, Bill. They were in first place for a good stretch of the year, um, or at least competing for the, the top seed in the East. So if they're healthy with LaMelo Ball back in, you know, he, that, that hurt. Um, and, and then you have DeRozan, you have Vucevic, um, and if you haven't heard me say this before, Bill, I think Billy Donovan is probably, if not underappreciated, underrated. One of the better coaches. We we, we we sort of criticized Billy Donovan for having, you know, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Um, and, and, you know, I know he didn't have those guys for long. But then when he didn't have those guys, you saw what he could do with the Oklahoma City team. That, you know, he, he won more games than Sam Presti, the GM there, probably wanted him to win um, in everything. And, and so I think given that healthy lineup, they're going to be in the mix as well. Bill. And again, we still don't know what's going to happen with Brooklyn. I mean, you and I sit here today. Is there the idea that Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons are on that roster at the start of training camp? That seems like a real possibility for some of the reasons I was explaining earlier. Um, That's just difficult for them to work out a trade um, that ownership thinks is acceptable and Sean Marks thinks is acceptable. Um, and, and so Brooklyn, with that with that, even though they have those issues of not necessarily guys wanting to be there, they still have a quality team. And, and so I don't rule them out uh, of that mix as well. So the, I do really like the way the East is shaping up, especially the, those top six teams. And I do appreciate teams that are going for it. So that's the one thing I'm going to give the Knicks credit for if they go out and get Donovan Mitchell. And the Bulls did that when they went and got LaMelo, when they went and got DeRozan, and they traded for Vucevic. I'm a much bigger fan of this era. Instead of waiting for LeBron is no longer capable of getting to the finals every year, which happened in the East, 
I like these teams going for it, Bill. And, and uh, the, the teams that do that, uh, you know, get kudos in my book. They're not sitting around waiting um, for draft picks to come around and to rebuild. They want to do it now, and, and I do appreciate that. And, and Jeff, I'll just I'll, I will co-sign and, and celebrate your perspective, and also say I like the moves that the Hawks have made. I mean, I I think Atlanta. I love that addition of Murray is interesting. I thought, you know, Cleveland was really good for a stretch last year, and they're they're young, and Ricky Rubio being injured was a, was a significant change for them in terms of how they played. I mean, the, as I listen to you talk and I, and I think about a few other teams, man, the East is going to be brutal this year and fun. It is, and look, I look at that central division, and I know we don't care about divisions, but Detroit was close to a 500 team the second half of the year. Cleveland, when they have that weird roster they're throwing out there with essentially three seven-footers, you have Darius Garland. I know they're still working on a Colin Sexton deal. You're going to bring Rubio and Love off the bench. I mean, that, that's a really fun team. They're really good defensively, too. So, I mean, that, that, that's, you, you know, so they get a little better offensively. Um, they're going to be in the mix. Detroit, I think, is going to be better. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but they're, they're improving. And so, I, look, I, I love the way some of these teams are, are doing it, Bill. And so I don't think it's going to be easy for any team. And now, you know, I, I, I just don't want people to think just because the Knicks get Donovan Mitchell that all of a sudden this makes them some contender, um, you know, right up there with the Boston Celtics. And, Bill, I do like you mentioned it. I think the Gallinari deal uh, mm. was, was sneaky, sneaky good um, for Brad Stevens in that group. And, and yep. so, again, Bill, I'll put a point on it. You know, the Celtics, even though Danny Ainge left, the Celtics have managed to keep it rolling. It's a well-run organization from ownership on down, and their goal is to win a championship. And I thought they had a really nice offseason as well. So I'm going to admit something to you, Jeff Zogut. I haven't admitted to anyone, including the audience listening. I'm just going to tell you this because I yep. feel kind of weird about it, and you tell me if you agree. I find myself edging toward full-on belief and endorsement in James Harden this upcoming year, and therefore Philadelphia. And I don't, I don't like the, that feeling in my side of myself that I believe in Harden, but I kind of do. Well, I, look, Bill, it's funny you mention that. I, I, look, I, I don't want to get into the whole idea of body shaming, but we do know that players need to be in shape, right? Let, let, let's just start with that. I thought when James Harden was partying out there at the Hamptons, um, with his good friend who used to own a portion of the 76ers, the owner of Fanatics, Michael Rubin. I thought James Harden looked really, really good. You know, we, we have not seen him in a couple months. So, I, Bill, when I saw a picture of him, I was starting to put some stock into that idea. I said it earlier, if he comes back healthy and in shape, and, and, and there will be people, Bill, I don't know how much I've mentioned this, there will be people who tell you that, you know, James Harden didn't feel he was healthy in Brooklyn and wasn't 100% when he got to Philadelphia, and that did have some impact. Maybe some of that's on him as well, but I, th I think if he comes in healthy and in shape, you're going to see a lot different James Harden than we saw with him in Philadelphia when he was from when he was traded and through the playoffs. Jeff Zilgit from USA Today. You are a gentleman and a scholar. I'll just agree to disagree on this, and I think you're probably right because yep. you're the gentleman and a scholar. I don't right. think it's body shaming to talk about athletes' weight, just like I don't think it's height-shaming to talk about a guy that isn't tall enough to play a certain sport. Now, to be fair, I take that to the extreme with occasional donut jokes here on the show, which maybe that is, but, but I think I think that's a reasonable thing to talk about when you're talking about professional athletes, what well, they Bill, weigh. How about, how about the time you were around the Miami Heat, and they have a pretty strenuous 
preseason workout test that you have to pass. Right. And there are guys who don't pass it on the first attempt, Bill, and then they're not allowed to practice with the team. We, we've seen that before. And, and so, you know, the idea, and, and I've seen this happen too, Bill, that they're watching. And, and this is why guys, I think a lot of them, you know, and, and I go to LeBron, you know, at the top of the list of why guys, you know, you're measuring every single thing you, you eat and drink and put into your body so that you, you are, you know, at the highest level of fitness um, that you can be in. You know, you're not going to have one ounce of muscle more than you need to. And, and I think the Heat do that really, really well. And you see guys getting weighed um, after practice in certain teams. And, and so, look, I, I guess I just wanted to be a little careful on it out there, but I think the idea of being in shape and being where you can perform at the ultimate to your ability, I, I do think that is important. All right, last one for you, Jeff Zilkin. I'm usually pretty um, cautious on making any assessments of any level on any guys that have been drafted playing in summer league because I've seen it enough to know it's just it's a, it's a tiny little sample size. That said... Chet Holmgren's pretty pretty fun to watch, and some other guys have caught my eye. Are, are there any players you got to see in the glimpses that we've gotten in summer league that have reconfirmed or, or adjusted your perspective about about people you think could be future stars in the NBA? Well, Bill, number one, I, I, your initial point uh, on this is that you know you're not not only small sample size, you're playing against guys who are either have never played in the NBA or are struggling, we're not struggling, but, you know, just early in their careers or, you know, struggling to catch on in, in the NBA. So there's a lot that, you know, you need to take with, with that in perspective. Paolo Boncaro, I, I think, is going to be really good in the league, Bill. Um, I, I thought he was the most NBA-ready player in terms of his skill set, both ends of the court, what Duke asked him to do um, and what, you know, he'll be able to do in the NBA. You mentioned Holmgren. I thought he was very much a system player at Gonzaga. And, you know, there were other players on that team who needed to eat as well. And that would be the case um, with him in, in the Thunder as well. But I think the Thunder will really unveil a skill set that he wasn't quite able to always show at Gonzaga. I thought Keegan Murray. You know, I know there was a lot of controversy about picking a guy who was that age. Um, so I don't have a problem anymore, really, with picking guys who are four-year players or three-year players. You're going to get them from their rookie year and through their second contract, through the prime of their career. And, and by and large, you're probably also going to get a, a fairly mature player as well, you, you know, who had to get through four years of school, um, who knew what it took to, you know, balance all that. And, and so I don't mind that pick at all, um, Bill, and, and I think he's going to be really good for them as well. Congratulations, Iowa. You, there's a little love in my home state. Uh, Jeff Zilgit, I love talking basketball with you, my friend. Thank you. That's perfect, Bill. Yeah, and I'm serious, dude. Like crab, lobster. <laughs> a, my wife's allergic to shellfish, so I can only eat it when I'm away from her. And B, I, I don't know how to do it. I went to a lobster wedding once, and it was it was embarrassing. It was it was it was a lot harder than giving speeches. So we got. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into that next time we're in the same city. Bill, I had to give someone the side eye in Boston when they cracked into that lobster, though, and a piece of something came flying out, landed on my pants. You, you Ooh, know, I, so. I saw that. Was that was did that person's name with um, Ram Kamek? <laughs> it, it, it was not that. It was not him. That was it. Wait, was did it rhyme with Loward 
Leck? <laughs> you, you know what? It was a I, – I, I, you know, I can't even name the person. It was a, a Boston Celtics employee. Oh, I did miss it. Gre- Gre- having it. a quick bite to eat. And, uh, you know, <laughs> she, she was embarrassed and felt bad, uh, Bill. So, you know, my side eye quickly uh, went to, uh, oh, it's okay. You know, this will come out in the wash. The old Zilgit side out of sympathy move. I've seen it before. <laughs> Jeff Zilgit, you're a good man, buddy. Thanks for being on. Later, Bill. <laughs> Bye, dude. Uh, Jeff Zilgit on the show. I was trying to remember, T-Cell. I told this like the day or two after it happened. I was walking by. I was thinking about eating the lobster. It looked so good. NBA Finals, they, they just, the Celtics did it up. Or the NBA, I guess. The Celtics for, for the media. And it must have been Amick and Beck. Or, it was two guys I know. Did I tell this around the air? And they just each cracked into their lot and it went everywhere <laughs> from and what I, was, I remember you told it on the air that it was uh mr amick and mr beck yeah I, there's no chance i was like uh-uh i literally like was like going to the food line i'm like i'll take the beef tips you sure i'm sure uh 855-212-4cbs we got a buy or sell coming up and it is pure magic it is tom de celestino channeling his inner movie guy Coupled with sports headlines and a take on each one, it's a pop culture edition of Buy or Sell next year on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I would love someone. You know, Tom Cell. hey, buddy. Uh, Tom DeSalle, you know, executive producer. Tom, you know how um, grad students study all kinds of weird stuff? Sure. I did my Ph.D. on the shape of a fish and what that says about your emotional state. I don't know if that's real, but okay. Nothing. I want someone to study rejoin choices to get in the head of the person choosing them. I'm not as good looking <laughs> as I thought I was. It it simultaneously points out that I'm arrogant and ugly. It's a real it's a real doozy. Have you tend to notice that I do mix in like a caller, like praising you, and then I come right back with one that just makes fun of you? Why does every why does every caller like you're the best show ever? Why do they all sound like me? Hmm. <laughs> I wonder. No. Hmm. Uh, Tiger, by the way, is currently 131 strokes back of the leader. This is, He's actually, this is bringing me down. It's bringing me back. down. 12 back through four. That is. So he's gone double bogey, par bogey, bogey. Is that what we're facing? We're doing yeah. four over, and the leader is therefore eight under. It's not great. Yeah. He's having his look in the mirror experience. Let's, um, that's too bad. I love Tiger. Let's do a little buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, let's start it off where we usually do by talking some NFL. Lamar Jackson and former Ravens safety Bernard Pollard, well, they got into a good old-fashioned Twitter beef yesterday. Pollard last played in the NFL in 2014 and last with Baltimore back in 2012, and he took to social media to agree with ESPN's rankings that came out this week that Lamar Jackson was not a top 10 quarterback. Pollard tweeted, quote, he's def a top 10 talent, but as a top 10 QB, I just don't see it, end quote. Now, Pollard added in a later tweet, quote, no top wide receiver will ever come play with LJ, while he's here, end quote. Now, Lamar responded to that tweet with several laughing emojis and said, quote, you sound dumb. Now, for <laughs> anybody that wants to enjoy this Twitter beef, it went on and on and on. There are about 15 tweets back and forth between Lamar Jackson and Bernard Pollard. My question to you, Bill, buy or sell Bernard Pollard 
as a point. I'm looking at the list right now. I'm going to sell. Sell. And I'm barely. And I'm going to read you the list. You ready for it? I'm ready. Here is the order as they've counted down from 10 to 1. Dak Prescott at 10, Deshaun Watson at 9, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. There's no chance Dak, Dak Prescott is ahead of Lamar Jackson for me on the list. There's just zero. So I think Lamar just sneaks in, for me, onto that list. And so it, I, I guess I guess my answer is almost wrong because he almost has a point. But because I wouldn't put him ahead of any of the other, would you put him ahead of any of the other names I, I, I read you on the list? No, but I guess I feel weird at the same time because in my head, if you asked me, "Hey, D cells, Lamar a top ten quarterback?" Oh yeah, definitely. But then when I actually do the list, yeah, he sneaks in. He sneaks in. Let me give you my theory though. I think of the names I just gave you. I think w- at least one, and maybe two of them who play an entire season, will not be on the list next year. The NFL is vicious, man, and it beats you up. And I don't know if that's, you know, somebody gets hurt. I don't know if Tom Brady finally kind of ages out, right, a little bit. I don't know if Burrow or or, or Stafford have a sophomore slump slash Super Bowl slump, respectively. I don't know if Justin Herbert takes a step back or Russell Wilson just doesn't. But, But these lists, they don't hold forever, right? It's a tough business to be successful in. But for me, Dak Prescott is not as good a quarterback as Lamar Jackson. Talented or otherwise. I mean, the guy's a former MVP. we got to give him a little credit, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And that offense is not exactly the most revolutionary, evolved, remarkable offensive thing of genius you've ever seen. I mean, they're a well-run team, but that is not an offense that is built to capitalize on, on, on quarterbacking genius. They use him well. But it's not like he's playing for Andy Reid, and Andy Reid's like figuring out the best way to, to make Lamar Jackson successful. Which I think is part of uh, Pollard's second point here, which I kind of disagree with, why he says there's no top wide receiver that wants to play with Lamar. And I think that's off of what you just said there. I don't know if that's all on Lamar right. or the offense that they play in. I, I think it's the offense they play in. I mean, I think it's complicated because receivers are unique in football in that they really operate largely on an island, right? And they are independent of the team effort sometimes. And they have to, like, they only succeed based on one particular person getting them the football. Like, that's it. And and you've seen receivers who should know better, Tyree Kill we talked about yesterday, being put out with their targets and the love when they get enough. If you've got a quarterback that runs sometimes, even when he should, even when his pocket collapses, whatever, every time Lamar Jackson picks up some ground, or some love, or some stats, or some touchdowns, or some yards with his legs, there is a chance receivers are going to be put out. Because that's just their nature. They want the ball. All right. Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald had a story yesterday that said Sean Payton could have interest in coaching next season with, get this, the Dolphins, Cowboys, and the Chargers. Now, remember, Payton was linked to the Dolphins this offseason with Tom Brady potentially joining him. Peyton, though, signed on with Fox Sports as an analyst for this upcoming season. Buy or sell Sean Payton will be back coaching in the NFL in 2023. I'll buy it. Buy. Can I just on behalf of Brandon Staley sell the Chargers on the list? Yeah, I mean, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me other than the talent standpoint that's on the Chargers. Yeah, I mean... Maybe that's based on that and, and in anticipation of someone. 
I mean, do you? Th- let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Buy or sell? Whoever finishes last in the AFC West, that coach will, will get fired if, if they're not Andy Reid. Well, not, probably not Josh McDaniels, right? I don't think so because I, I don't know if any of those teams. I wouldn't expect any of them to bottom out. They're they're right. going to finish last, but I think it's still going to be a halfway decent record. Right, you're going to be you're going to be nine and eight or ten and seven. Right, and how about in Miami? I mean, Mike McDaniel's only going to get one year. That's a great point. You're right, Mike McDaniel's first year. Although maybe, like if Tua just bottoms out, it doesn't it just work. Goes badly. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that. So Barry, I know Barry, great reporter, really good guy. But let's like, let's sort of play. Let's decode this a little bit. He's extremely connected in the Miami world. Therefore, his sourcing is probably highly likely predicated on Dolphin sources, which means that this is a story that you know they want out, or or Sean Payton wants out with with a, with a Miami connection. So it's probably more likely. Yeah, the Dolphins are probably a big part of this. All right, let's get to Jamarcus Russell here. Remember him? He was drafted number one overall back in 2007 out of LSU by the Raiders, and he was a guest of the Pivot Podcast and said he doesn't mind being called a bust. Do you consider yourself the biggest bust in NFL draft history? When you look at it that way, I say I must have been the best to be the biggest, right? I'll say my didn't turn out how I wanted it to or not how they expected it to. You know, but if you're going to call me a bust, like you say, put the biggest on that Buy or sell Jamarcus Russell embracing being called the biggest draft bust in NFL history. And I simply read your question and not listened to that. I would have sold it, but I'll buy it. I buy. I kind of take his point. And it sounds like a, it didn't sound to me, Tom, that he was being arrogant or dismissive. It sounded like he just, I was so talented and it didn't happen. But I, my talent got me, which is a really, I think, incredible insight. And I wish Clay Thompson would pay attention. It's a different perspective to have to it. Because, yeah, you can't be a bust if everyone's not clamoring about your talent. I'm going to give you a quote from a movie that you're going to know. And I think it applies here. I'm not going to know it, but I'm You're going to know it. You're going to know it. Even Erica Herskowitz said to you, right? It was super nice. Last hour, you have to know the Godfather quote. And you got it. To those that are given great power, with great power, excuse me, with great power comes great responsibility. I've heard it. I know I've heard you just, it. You chew on it. Here's my point about with great power comes great responsibility. With great power as an athlete and that level of greatness that that presents, right, that that, that, that points to, comes the responsibility of you're going to be judged, you're going to be assessed, you're going to be labeled, you're going to compete against other powerful people, and you're going to lose sometimes. And I, I wish people would, would, would understand that. Um, buy or sell, you know the movie quote. With great power comes great responsibility. Uh, I'm not going to lie here. I reached out for a lifeline uh, from our update anchor, Erica Hershkowitz, and I'm going to go with Spider-Man. Oh, Erica! Erica's nice. Erica bailed you out. She totally did because I went out of my way to ask her if she knew it. Everyone knows it, Tom. Every, everyone knows that one. I, I didn't know it. Classic. Uncle I'm Ben? i movie quote guy. Uncle Ben is dying. And, like, that's the last thing he said to Spider-Man. Have you seen the new? I can't even get into this because I don't want to ruin it for you. And now the new Spider-Man? No, I haven't. 
far away from home? Is that is that this one? I can't keep up. You're getting further away from <laughs> from from an accurate answer. Why don't movies. we get Why don't All we right. get to college football? Let's go. Deion Sanders and Nick Saban seem to have made up after Saban called out Deion by name along with Jimbo Fisher in May for paying recruits at Jackson State and Texas A&M. Now, Dion posted a short video of the two filming a commercial together while laughing and joking around with the caption that read, No beef. Buy yourself that Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban will ever be able to reconcile in the same way. Um, by the way, I don't, I'm sorry to be the correction guy, but you you mispronounced uh, Jimbo Faker. Um, yeah, that, that always you know, tongue ties me there. It's a hard one. I will sell. Sell. I don't think uh, Jimbo Faker, Mr. Authentic, and why do you look so uncomfortable? And Nick Saban, <laughs> he's full of it all the time. With great power comes great responsibility. Got to be candid on the radio show. I got to be like Spider-Man here, bro. See, like, that's the thing. If I want to get half of these movie quotes, I need to study all these action hero, superhero movies, Marvel movies. I'm never going to know these quotes. Jerry Maguire is not a Marvel movie. What was Jerry's special power? Meeting Renee Zegwiller. Wow. He did it. <laughs> it is. You know it's going to be most of the quotes. You know it's it is. Not. It it's... is. All right, here's one. Nothing is bleeped here, dude. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I can't. Uh, the Big Lebowski. Also not a superhero movie. All right. Well, while, while you think of more movie quotes to quiz me on that I won't know, <laughs> I'm going to get to baseball here. The Kansas City Royals start a four-game series with the Blue Jays today, mm-hmm. but they'll be without 10 players due to their vaccination status who won't be allowed to enter Canada. Up until this point, just 25 MLB players had not been permitted to enter Canada due to their COVID-19 vaccination statuses. Buy yourself that this is a big deal. For Major League Baseball. I mean, bye. I think it's a terrible look for the Royals. Bye. Shame on 10 guys. So there are companies, including companies that you and I are familiar with, where if you're not vaccinated, you can't work there. And there are many companies who have that policy that I could point you toward where you could make an argument, pretty strong one, I think. It wouldn't be mine, but you could make the argument like, you could be flexible. There's work from home options in some of these companies, right? Major League Baseball, you have to be on the field playing baseball. And it's an international job where you have to cross into another country. As you know, I'm in Spain this week, and there are rules about coming to other, this country. You have to be vaccinated or, or have a negative test. So, but I'm vaccinated. So, there is no flexibility here. And yet, MLB has allowed this policy to happen because of the CBA. I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous. All right, let's get to our last one here. Let's finish up with some baseball. Oh, I, oh, oh sorry, I got one for you. If you'll know this one, you're gonna love this quote. If you build it, they will come. If you don't know this, dude, we have it's like DefCon 29. I don't know. Erica's already yelling at me. I don't know it. I don't know it. Yes, you do. If you build it, they will come. I don't know it. You can say it again and again and again. I don't know it. It's a sports movie. If you build it, they will come. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Wow. Erica's very upset with me. Yeah, yeah, she should be. 
Am I still allowed to read a baseball question even Look, though I didn't get the baseball I, movie? I have a little thing on my notepad that I never write on. It says B, big B, little O, and big W. It stands for bum of the week. I don't know why I don't put a T in there. I don't. I've got some names on there. I'm writing yours down. Erica Please already continue. said I'm the bum of the week. <laughs> did she? All right. Dude. She I like, did. I like All it. All right. Last one here. The Blue Jays fired manager Charlie Montoyo yesterday after three and a half years with the organization. Now, after finishing last season with 91 wins, the Jays were expected to compete for the AL East division, but currently find themselves, get this, 15 and a half games back of the New York Yankees. Buy or sell the Toronto Blue Jays should have fired their manager. I'll buy it. I know they're over 500. I know they're in the playoff picture. Expectations of the name of the game. It's a pretty big sample size. We're almost at the All-Star game. I love everything about it. You got to try to jumpstart and kickstart that team. Have you seen Field of Dreams? Yes, I have. But again, I'm not movie quote guy. I've seen it. Big Lebowski, not so much. But I've seen Field of Dreams. Good. Good. Ah, good talk, bro. Good talk, Diesel. We have Bum of the Week coming up, and Erica Herskowitz has already nominated somebody. But we've got some more nominees. Bum of the Week. After this CBS Sports Radio update from Erica Herskowitz. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. It's Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. I will be off, D-Cell, tomorrow and Monday. Monday is my daughter's birthday. She becomes a teenager. It's exciting. Little uh, little birthday festivities on Monday. I'm off tomorrow doing a trip with some family. So... Are you off tomorrow on Monday? Or are you working? No, no, I will be here. All right, holding down the fort, but because I like the segment and because it's the end of my week, we're going to do an early edition of Bum of the Week. Hallelujah, I'm a bum. All he's doing is a whole lot of damn nothing. I'm a bum. You rotten bum. I'm a bum. They're a bunch of bums. I'm a bum. I'm a bum. I'm a bum. Who's the bum this week? Let's find out on Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. By the way, Doug, who does imaging here, did such an incredible job on that. I love that open. Anti-bomb. I love it, too, except when I know my name is going to be mentioned right after that image. Keep your name out of the bum of the week's mouth. What? All right, John Wall's nominated. Remember when this guy earlier in the week said he was Batman? Ah, I don't have to be Batman anymore. You were never Batman. That would be as if I went to dinner, if Lori and I went to dinner with you and your wife. And we were all making small talk. And Mrs. D-Cell said, how long have you been married? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been married for a while. It's really nice. You know, it's hard being Leonardo DiCaprio. Now I can just be me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> S- same thing. John Wall. Being, I was, you know, not, yeah, like the Batman where Batman isn't Batman for three years because he's hurt and he's old. That that Batman? Where like, he's retired? Okay, John Wall's nominated. Um... We were talking about this today. I was going to want to ramp. We didn't have time. Here's Clay Thompson saying that uh, criticism is unfair and anyone who hasn't done something is never allowed to speak about it. Anyone who has the expert under TV analysis of their respective sport but never really did the damn thing, you can't trust them. You can't trust their opinion. You can't trust their expertise because they literally said we were dead in the water. And what did we do? Win the championship. So how did it feel? I know it hurt them. I know it hurt them bad. They literally didn't. All of them? 
I have one. I have a TV NBA analyst under my name, and I said the Warriors were the favorite to win an NBA championship this year. And by the way, that wasn't some miraculous pull. It wasn't some miracle. It wasn't like you know, knowing Albert Pujols was going to be a star his first year in Major League Baseball. A lot. Okay, Clay, I'm not going to go on the rant right now. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right, Clay. You got it. Because Kendrick Perkins and uh, Shaq and J.J. Reddick, I can't remember their names right now. I'm so frustrated. And, and every other person, Dwayne Wade, are just constantly on the same page. Such a dumb take. Uh, Disa, you got nominated by Erica Herskowitz. Yeah, which, by the way, I don't think is fair. I think it's very fair. I you... know I'm not movie quote guy. Stop asking me movie quotes. I'm not going to know them. All right, movie quote guy on certain things is fine. You don't know if you build it, they will come. I'm going to ask everyone. I'm in another country. I'm going to ask everyone this weekend. I'm going I'm to come back with how many people knew. Hola, hablas inglés? No, lo siento. No, 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 no. Hablo español. Oh, sí, sí. Uh, K-Day, if you build it, they will come. Oh, Field of Dreams. That's going to happen. It's not going to happen. Got to work on my Spanish. It's, it's going to happen. Totally nominated. Totally nominated. Uh, I'm nominating Albert Pujols. He's nominated as Bum of the Week for, for being an all-star game that he's not an all-star. He's not an all-star. Now I hope he wins the home run derby, and I hope he has, like, the game-winning RBI in the all-star game, too. Cool. It's the only reason I'm watching the all-star game now. All right, move, all right, all right movie, movie line guy. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that with um, Erica also nominated me by an update. It was really funny. I, I quoted, by the way, Damn you, Uncle Ben. I thought we had something. I thought Uncle Ben said with great power comes great responsibility. Erica threw a Churchill at me. I should know that because I've read a bunch of books about Churchill. I feel, feel like I know a lot about Churchill. In 1906, Winston Churchill, as undersecretary of the colonial office, said, where there is great power, there is great responsibility. Uncle Ben stole that bleep from Churchill? Uncle Ben is a plagiarist? All right, I'm Bum of the Week nominee. Brett, make your mark by... Sound like a desperate, we know we're still a conference, and if anyone loves us, we're happy to please. What are you doing, bro? Played that clip earlier in the week. Who am I missing? You're not really missing anybody this week, but I can't nominate my weekend here because I was supposed to be on Tiger Woods watch, and that's just not happening right now. It's not. Plus four through five holes. There's there, there's going to be no Tiger Woods watch. Yeah, Tiger's not out of the woods yet. <laughs> I see what you did there. You lie. I was going to ask you like I know the answer. You know what? There's nothing more annoying than an athlete or anyone or politician or anyone using the I don't like to be criticized card by saying you didn't do it, you can't talk about it. What are you, dude? You play basketball for a living. Your job is literally to create content for for people to watch. Your content is basketball. And the consequence of you being a popular sport is that people that do what I do are going to create content by doing predictions and having conversations and being wrong. This is the whole problem, by the way. This is why at the start of the show, I hate the radio thing that you can't be wrong. Just say you're wrong. And, and Clay Thompson is as much to blame as anybody else for the fact that all these media people have to pretend that they're never wrong, and it becomes this, that which, which creates this problem. 
oh yeah, they were all wrong and they're idiots and they should have their jobs and none of them should be employed. I'm like, dude, shut up. Clay Thompson, for your arrogance overriding your common sense, your inability to grasp what you and I do for a living and your lack of forethought or just thought at all on the myriad number of people who do really nice jobs analyzing basketball who didn't play and the remarkable number of people who are former players who are the worst analysts on the face of the earth. Dude, you join those ranks for a minute. You're the bum of the week, bro. That's your bum of the week. I detest you! On Lighter Than You. You, you thought it was going to be you, didn't you? You were, you were, Eric almost set you up. There's always a chance. It's, it's always almost me. Almost. Every week. No. Yeah, that's, that's no. the recent trend on this show. I don't. I think we can agree to disagree. Until next week. How many times have you been nominated for Bum of the Week in the last year? 50 weeks. The last 50 weeks that I've been on the air. Oh, it's got to be double digits. No, oh, yeah, yeah. You've been, yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. 10 or 11. Me too. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, no. Self-accountability. Not a, not a problem. Your predecessor, Tom Benedetto, was Bum of the Week a bunch of times. He's now the executive producer of the Jim Rome Show. You know? I'm pretty sure Garrett Ritt, who I've never worked with, was Bum of the Week a couple of times. Something about hot chocolate. I don't even remember. To be fair, Garrett could win that award a lot, and I love Garrett. hope he's listening in the control room <laughs> back in uh, L.A. He never even worked on this show, and he's winning yeah. Bum of the Week? I think he might have. I can't. I can't. I, he'll remember. I can't remember. I do. I think so. I honestly. I'm honestly not sure. Clay Thompson, unbelievable. Well, I, I. I. I wish you well. Have a wonderful next few days and a great show. And who's filling in tomorrow? Carrington Harrison from Kansas City. I know Carrington from my Kansas City days. Great guy, talented guy. That's awesome. Good for him. You're in great hands. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jeff Zilgit. Thank you to Erica Herskowitz. Thank you to Churchill. No thanks to Uncle Ben. Thanks to D-Cell. I'm Bill Ryder. See you back here next week on CBS Sports Radio.